This is Dr. Randon Hall with The Injury Source, at The Injury Source on Twitter, TheInjurySource.com on the web. We're bringing you Week 1 NFL Injury Roundup. We have a lot to talk about today, including Aaron Rodgers, Greg Olson, Delaney Walker from the Tennessee Titans, Chantrell Henderson from the Texans, and a little bit about Marcus Mariota. Um, First up, we're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers. Looking at the video, it looks to, like that he had an MCL injury. So basically, that would be the ligament on the medial or inner aspect of the knee. It looks like the defender fell on the outside of his knee, causing a stress called a valgus stress to the inner aspect of the knee, injuring the MCL. I know there was a lot of uh, question about if this was an ACL tear, being that this was a previous knee that he had injured back in high school and had an ACL repair. Good thing is that the mechanism isn't quite right for an ACL tear here. Uh, as you know, he went back to play, so that really doesn't add up. The question a lot of people have is how was he able to go back to play if he has an MCL tear, whereas other players did have MCL tears this week and were not able to play. The thing you need to know about MCL tear is that there are multiple grades, so grade one through grade three, and that just tells us the degree of tearing of an MCL ligament. So for example, if it's a grade one tear, that's gonna be a very minor tear uh, stretch, whereas a grade three is gonna be a complete tear. The thing about quarterbacks are that if they're able to just sit back and throw, and not have to cut, pivot, change direction, it's certainly reasonable for them to return back to the game. He likely went back with a hinged knee brace, basically the brace that has two metal bars on the side that prevents that side-to-side -side movement of the knee. You know, I'm not quite sure that he's going to be back next week. You know, he might have had uh, the adrenaline going and was able to continue to play. Additionally, you know, they certainly could have given him some type of injection to numb that area. But my best guess is that Aaron Rodgers does have an MCL tear. It's certainly not unreasonable to see him play next week. However, it could be something that holds him out a few weeks for recovery. But certainly from a quarterback position where you may not have to do as much cutting and pivoting, uh, he has a higher likelihood of playing than some of the other positions. Next up, talking about Greg Olson. So Greg Olson previously had a Jones fracture. I have a detailed explanation of Jones fractures on the website, but basically that is a fracture to the area of the fifth metatarsal bone in the foot that is a high risk area. That area of the bone has poor blood flow, so it takes a long time to heal if it heals at all. Most of the time, professional athletes will have a screw fixation through the fifth metatarsal to compress the two sides of the fracture together to allow it to heal. Many times, recreational athletes can have it heal with just a boot or cast, but it does take quite a long time and has a high risk for re-injury. So in Greg Olson's case, it looks like he stepped on another player's foot and likely heard or felt the pop. It sounds like he's not wanting to talk too much about the injury, but they did 
note he was on crutches and had a boot on the sideline after the injury. The best guess on his injury is that he re-injured this fifth metatarsal fracture even with the screw in place which is highly likely in this particular case. The downside is he would likely need surgery if he re-injured that foot. There's two options I think if if he re-injured it, he certainly could just try to let it heal back up, but that could take anywhere from eight weeks to 10 weeks. Where on the other hand, if he has another surgery, basically what they would need to do is remove the current screw and place a screw that's a little bit uh, thicker through that fracture site and allow it to heal. Unfortunately, I think we're gonna be missing somewhere in the vicinity of eight weeks if he has to have a repeat surgery or longer if he opts for the non-surgical option but you can read a lot more about Jones fractures in general on the website at theinjurysource.com we did have two major ankle injuries this week the first was Delaney Walker the tight end for the Tennessee Titans um, basically he was pulled down after a catch and his ankle turned completely 90 degrees. Now, if you remember Gordon Hayward from the Boston Celtics who was injured in the first game of the 2017-2018 NBA season, he had a fracture dislocation. I did a long review of that injury and his recovery on theinjurysource.com and Delaney Walker basically had the same injury. Basically what happens with a fracture dislocation is that talus bone that sits in the ankle joint is supposed to sit nice and stable and when it gets turned 90 degrees it has so much pressure that it cracks the bones either the medial or lateral malleolus the distal tip of the tibia or the distal tip of the fibula is broken to allow for that bone to twist and that causes a separation of the two bones that are connected by a syndesmosis or an interosseous ligament to keep the ankle stable. I have pictures and details of what that would look like on theinjurysource.com but basically in order for that to occur you have to break the bone and you have to cause a separation between the two bones causing that instability. Uh, unfortunately for Delaney Walker that injury is going to take him about six to seven months to return. There also is a lot of risk in this where you have to be careful that there is no cartilage injury. You have to make sure that there are no loose bodies within the ankle joint that could affect him in the future. Basically, the surgical construct is to place a metal plate and screws to stabilize the fracture as well as a suture or screw across the ankle to stabilize the ankle as well. When you look back at Gordon Hayward's recovery, he was about a month with no weight bearing and then progressed to weight bearing for two to three months and then returned back to physical activity after the three month time period and then he also progressed back to more sports related 
activity at about six months so we definitely will not expect to see Delaney Walker back this season but definitely will expect to see him next season up next as far as horrendous ankle injuries is Chantrell Henderson with the Texans he was rolled up on and basically had the same injury that Odell Beckham Jr. had last year uh, which was a fracture and syndesmosis injury so basically what happens is very similar to Delaney Walker's injury where the ankle twists and you have a fracture. In this case, Chantrell just did not have a dislocation. Typically what happens is you fracture the fibula bone and with that fracture you get a disruption of the syndesmosis or the interosseous ligament connecting the two bones causing instability. In most cases, the fibula needs to be fixed with a screw and plate construct and if the ankle is still unstable the syndesmosis needs to be repaired usually with a tightrope or screw fixation however it's not hundred percent clear if he has instability of the ankle at this time in the case of OBJ he did have instability and had to have the syndesmosis fixed so I would expect Chantrell with this high velocity injury to have both a fibula fracture as well as a syndesmosis injury. In this case, I have pictures on the website that show the before injury as well as what the after surgical intervention would look like. We generally would expect him to be out for approximately four to six months depending on if the syndesmosis or the interosseous ligament that stabilizes the ankle is affected. If it's just a bony injury, he could be back sooner at about three to four months, but that likely still means that he's out for the season. Last up for week one injury roundup is Marcus Mariota. I want to talk about this because there's not a lot of information about his injury. You could not see it very clearly on the replays. Basically, he was taken down and what looks like his throwing elbow struck the ground and you can see him shaking his wrist, but it looks like he's grasping, flexing and gripping his hand, giving the sensation or giving the appearance that he has some numbness in his uh, fourth and fifth finger so with that that's where the ulnar nerve or the funny bone uh, innervates or affects so if he was struck on that inner aspect of the elbow that certainly could cause some of the numbness and tingling what it appeared like he was having on the video uh, you know there's not a lot of things on that inner aspect of the elbow that would certainly be the cause of his injury on that inner aspect you have the ulnar collateral ligament which would be that ligament that's affected in in, in baseball players with uh, the Tommy John surgery additionally you have uh, your medial epicondyle which could have been fractured uh, he has his olecranon which is the tip of the elbow again you could have a fracture there or you just could have uh, direct impact to the nerve which would cause him some uh, numbness, tingling, weakness in the elbow and forearm and fingers, which certainly could affect his play. 
Uh, it's not quite clear. I'm sure they're doing x-rays and MRI of the elbow to get a further idea of if there was any injury to the nerve or any bony injury, but we will definitely keep you updated on the extent of that injury once I see more information on it. A few other injuries throughout the league, but not anything that was as unique as these particular injuries. So this is a week one NFL injury roundup from Dr. Randon Hall at the injury source, theinjurysource.com. We will hopefully bring you a injury roundup each and every week with in-depth analysis of injuries, surgeries, and the recovery process. See you next week.